You're listening to Orlando Impact, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in our city. Here's your host, Hilgard Lamprecht. Welcome to Orlando Impact. Uh, we're here with uh, my very, very good friend, uh, mentor, just a fellow countryman, Maris van der Reet. Uh, my name is Hilgard Lamprecht. I'm the host of our show here to get together, and I'm the president of Life Wealth Group. And I'm sitting here with one of my very, very good friends, like I said, a mentor of mine as well. And I'm just proud to call him what I call a life wealth champion, champion uh, in, in both these areas. And uh, Marius, your story absolutely fascinated me the first time we met in Virginia. And um, why don't you share a little bit about just where you came from? Tell, me, tell, tell our audience here and share with them a little bit about your story. Sure, absolutely. And, and thanks for the opportunity. So we had a, a full life in South Africa. I had a full military career there and uh, eventually ended up in Washington, D.C. as the defense attaché for South Africa uh, at a very interesting time. President Mandela had uh, was just coming into power. So on the world stage, it was, it was very, very well known. And I was the guy who, who actually changed the flags at the embassy and uh, historically the country changed. Well... My wife and I were then faced with a decision of do we stay in America because we'd been given an opportunity and because career things were changing in South Africa, do we stay or do we go back and do what we've got to do there? And, and so being people of faith, my wife and I, we decided to pray about it. And we not only prayed about it, just the two of us, but our family together. I have three children. We prayed about it and, and we felt that the Lord was saying to us we could stay in America and build a new life here. Uh, we weren't sure whether it was exactly his plan, but, but we felt it was and the doors were opening for us. And so we made the decision to, um, to actually go home after our tenure as defense attaché and pack up and come back to America. So we did that. And I had a job, but after a year, I realized that I wasn't going to make it I lost my pension in South Africa, the 30 years of what I believed was going to be a pension because of circumstances there. And so we, we literally had to start again. And I realized if I stayed in the job I had, I wouldn't be able to create a pension for my wife and I to have a sustained living in America in old age. And so, again, I sat the family down and we talked about it and said, you know, I think I have to somehow create a pension. I didn't talk about creating wealth but certainly creating a pension, and that to do that, I had to break away from corporate America and try and create a company for myself and create wealth out of that. Easier said than done, by the way. I came up with some ideas. I wrote a business plan. I showed the business plan to some people. It happened to be selling coffee and cocoa out of Sierra Leone because I knew Africa, that if I could bring things from Africa to America and sell it here, I'd make some money. So uh, I started and we were actually up to about seven containers a month and I was uh, starting to do some business. And there was a coup in Sierra Leone and uh, everything, my whole business there was, was destroyed. And I, uh, I started again. Well, I did that four times. I wrote a business plan, got some people to invest in the plan, tried everything from uh, used clothing into Africa, coffee and cocoa in Africa, buying and selling diamonds out of Africa and eventually supplying health and beauty care products and wine and fruit to the supermarkets in Kenya. Wow. A lot of stuff. Uh -huh. Trying to survive and going through literally 
eight or nine years of up and down, up and down, trying to make a living in America, trying to create a pension. And finally, my final failure in Kenya, the guys took an acetylene torch and burnt my door of my warehouse down and stole all the goods. And I had some containers in the port of Mombasa. My brother was down there at the time. And I said to him, get those last containers out of the port and into the supermarkets because that was our, our last little bit of lifeblood to survive. And he said, okay. And he went down to Mombasa and he paid a freight forwarder our last, I think it was 60 or 70,000 bucks to get the containers out. And after four or five days, and he got all the papers. But then we discovered that freight forwarder had stolen the money, given us false papers, and uh, our containers were stuck in the port, and we were dead in the water. Wow. Imagine, right? So we realized, hang on, obviously it's not the Lord's plan. Mm -hmm. We thought it was, but it wasn't after eight years. So my wife and I walked up to our room, and we sat down on the the bed, and we just said, Lord, just, just give us the courage and the means to get our family back to South Africa so that I can try and start again there. In the meantime, when I was doing all this, gallivanting in Africa, we had a neighbor who was losing his wife and, and uh, to cancer. And my wife was good to him in a normal neighborly way, but, but this, this guy just felt that we'd become very good friends. Long story short, I say this because I then went after this prayer. I went downstairs and I sat on the stairs of my little townhouse, wondering how the heck am I ever going to even move my family? And Jim came out and said to me, hey, my house is going. And I said to him, nah, Jim, uh, we're... We're done. We, 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 we're going home. We, we've really tried, as you know. I mean, he was my neighbor. I spent a lot of time with him. We're done, and um, we've got to go home. He said, no, you've got to stay. And I said, I wish we could, but we can't. We're, we're, we're done. And he said to me, oh, I need a smoke. And he, he walked inside, and he, and this, he was you know, retired for years. Anyway, and he went in, and he got a smoke, and he came out puffing his cigarette, and he said, Myers, you you staying. I said, right, Jim, I wish I could. He said, no, no, here is something for you. It's a gift. It's not a loan. It's a gift. And he gave me $100,000. He, he, he wrote a check and he gave, he, he'd written the check while he went to get his smoke. And he came outside and he gave me that piece of paper and he said, Marius, stay and go for it. And we started again. Imagine. So suddenly in, on the faith-based side of my life, uh, the Lord said to me, no, no, it, it is my plan. I was just actually molding you through all this for what plans I have in store for you. Well, I then got an opportunity. The Iraq war had just started. I was given an opportunity to help. A big contract that, that a company had, but for me, a little contract, six logistics guys. And uh, I went to Iraq for three years on the ground, didn't come home. But I created, through his will again, first a little logistics company of six guys. It was a small little contract. In fact, it was a $40,000 contract or around that. And for three months. And it grew to a eventual $5 million contract over the next year and 12 guys. And then because of what was happening in Iraq and I knew security, somebody said, but, you know, can you help us secure it? I said, yeah, I can do that. And I started giving them security, high-end sort of uh, personal security. Got a couple of vehicles and got some body armor and got a couple of guns and started doing things. And uh, that turned out to be eventually... 800 people in Iraq and 2,000 people in Afghanistan and protecting 20 of the American bases in Afghanistan and driving people around in, in fully armored vehicles and body armor and satellites and, and stuff and, you know, and just keeping people alive. That is amazing. And that obviously fits very much 
with the, your military background and something that you told me over the years that was kind of interesting to me. You know, what you and I have in common is that we're both South Africans and, uh, yep. you know, our native language is Afrikaans. And something you always have said that was very cool is that a lot of your soldiers were South African special forces. Yep. And, and the way that they were able to communicate with each other on the radio, they were speaking in Afrikaans, which is our native tongue. And, and the Iraqis couldn't understand. Yeah, because the bad guys, the, well, not the Iraqis so much, but, but I mean, the, the insurgents there, because they were a mixture of people, but, but they, they, they couldn't understand Afrikaans. And so it was actually interesting because the clients kept saying, you know, are, are you guys, um, I mean, how professional are you? Because we were speaking in this, in this foreign language. But eventually I said to them, it's because we are speaking in that language because the bad guys who were using cell phones and things to, to tap in couldn't understand us. Yeah, it worked, worked very well. Yeah. Well, what a story, Marius, because, you know, trying for four or five times, I think with your, your company now, Reed, that being very, very successful, and uh, I know you've you recently have even brought family members into the business and have started transitioning out to what what is the next journey for you. But it is interesting. I think the turning point as I listened to your story was embrace the gift the, the second opportunity or maybe the fifth opportunity, and it speaks to a lot of your persistence and what you've learned through that process. But how would you, what, how would you articulate that for, for folks who are, who are going after their dreams, who are going after, you know, trying to maximize what they're doing? You know, how would you characterize just, uh, you know, a big picture, their, the journey? You know, what, was the, well, what did that feel like? For, for me, of course, you know, it, it's all based on faith first. If I didn't have Christ in my corner, I really would. I, I actually don't know what I would have done, uh, how I would have handled the, 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 the stress that came with all those, those opportunities and lost opportunities. Uh, but now, I really believe one should never give up on dreams. I think you should have a dream. I think you should have goals. I think that you should have something to strive and drive for but understanding that it's his plan and that how he gets you to his plan is not for you. you. All you must do is within that have faith and drive forward towards that. And so for me now, and it's easy to look retrospectively, right? But for me now saying, well, seeing his plan, seeing all those deep valleys that I went through was part of his plan to actually get me humble understand it is not my plan, it's his, and get me to a place that I know it still all belongs to him. And because of that, now the joy I can have in those resources that he's given us, for my family, for my friends, for those who need it, for, for it's a total new way of looking at life and what you do and how you handle your life and then moving from success to significance and what is significance and what is legacy and what is faith. Yeah. You know, when I listen to you, I see the word freedom, freedom from the results, but freedom doesn't come easy. It's come through a lot of trials, tribulations for you. But um, I think a lot of us pursue dreams and we go after it and we go after what we, what we perceive to be our calling or what we feel is our calling. A lot of times we can get so attached to the results that the pursuit becomes a grind and it becomes difficult. But, uh, Morris, thank you so, so much for sharing your story today with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. You really blessed us and uh, gave us a great insight as to what a life looks like. And as you're pursuing your dream, that's that helpful to me, uh, encouragement to my team and to our listeners. Thank you again. So this is Hilgard Lamprecht from Land Impact. We're really looking forward to being with you next time when we interview our next special guest. And in the meantime, keep pursuing the dream. 
You've been listening to Orlando Impact. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. The Life Wealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The Life Wealth Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Thank you.